0: What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Thursday, December the 21st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Swingfield, with you here as always, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we take a deep dive into the film from Sunday's playoff hope-crushing loss in Orchard Park to the Buffalo Bills, examining the studs and duds from that game, plus a couple of roster moves with the precarious comment from Coach Adam Gase. And what was that comment, and what exactly did he mean by it? Additionally, we go over a short list of potential Dolphins draft picks as Miami continues to solidify its position in the middle of the draft and very lastly, a big announcement from the Locked On Dolphins page. But before any of that, I gotta go ahead and remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating and review. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL, follow the show at LockedonFins, check out LockedOnDolphins.com and of course the other Locked On Sports Podcasts, like the Lockdown Heat Podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And speaking of following me on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I tweet out the gifts from the Defensive side of the ball as well as the offensive side of the ball on Tuesdays and Wednesdays throughout the course of the week. Give you guys film breakdowns and kind of show you what happened in the game with a little closer look from the All-22 film. And as I looked at that this week let's go over the offense first and talk about the quarterback. I talked about it in the Sunday show. I've talked about it on Twitter. I've been very vocal about my displeasure with the quarterback position for the Miami Dolphins in 2017, having to go with a backup plan or or plan B plan C, whatever you want to call it after Ryan Tannehill went out and Jay Cutler, the entire Jay Cutler experience kind of came to a head in this game. Obviously the three interceptions, the four fumbles are not going to get it done on any level and any, any playing field in America, whether it's NFL college, high school or peewee football, not going to get it done. And, you can trace a lot of his mistakes and his shortcomings and his inconsistencies back to poor footwork. And if you look at a couple of the throws he made a couple of the balls that he sailed high and got picked off, his feet are just, they're never set this is a 12-year veteran in the NFL that can't get his feet under his shoulders to make an accurate throw. His feet are not hardwired to his eyes the way they should be. Whenever you move your eyes as a quarterback, your feet should go with them so that you can make an accurate throw to that, partic- that particular person. And you know, Go out and try it in the backyard yourself. Throw a football and throw it with your feet in different positions. Your throws are always going to be best when your feet are squared under your shoulders and moving with your eyes. So Jay Cutler, a very bad game, and the, t- the tape showed it even even worse than it really was on the broadcast view. In the broad- Podcast vision and looking at that Devonte Parker screen pass down in the red zone on I want to say it was like a third and eight or something like that. They threw a screen pass to Devonte Parker and he has a convoy out in front ready for a touchdown, if not just a first down. And he throws it high and it makes Parker have to go up and behind his head and catch the football. And it allows the defenders that were fooled to catch back up. So Jay Cutler, a very bad game, cost the Dolphins a win. Speaking of Devontae Parker and the receivers, he, Devontae Parker's routes are getting worse at this point of his career. I don't know if it's a lack of... We, we've heard over and over and over and over again from Clyde Christensen, Adam Gaze, and other coaches on the Dolphins coaching staff that Devontae Parker's work habits and his work ethic and his desire to be a great football player, maybe they're just they're just not there. And that's that's the case for a lot of players in the league. That's why a lot of guys flame out. That's why you get a lot of guys in the first round that have these, talent and, these talents and these intangibles and these guys that can do certain things and they don't work out because they don't have the desire to be great. And that's the case in any walk of life. You have to want to be great at what you do. I'm sure there's plenty of you guys listening to the show right now that don't give a rat's ass about your job. And I'm sure that it shows. And I'm sure, conversely, there are plenty of you guys that do a great job at your job. And they love it. And it shows as well. So Devontae Parker, I just don't think his head's into the game. I don't think he really cares about this. Far be it for me to make a claim on a guy's personality that I don't even know personally. But that's what I see on the field. So that's why i report to you guys here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Running backs, Kenyon Drake, I don't really want to go into it any more than I did on Sunday. He is fantastic. The, pitch, the blitz pickups he had in that game and the way he attacks butchers in the A-gaps when they come from that middle portion of the offensive line coming through those blitz excuse me, through those gaps on the blitz. Kenyon Drake did a great job attacking those guys and picking those up in addition to the big time run. So you guys know what he can do. He looked phenomenal again. The offensive line, the right side played pretty well. And the guy that's playing really well that I'm very, very surprised about is Sam Young. This was a guy that last year, if we lost Brandon Albert or Jawan James in a game at left or right tackle, we thought, well, that's going to be a major, major area of concern. And a lot of times it was. But now Sam Young's playing extended time at right tackle for Jawan James right now, and he's getting the job done. He's playing well. He slides Jesse Davis into right guard for Jermon Bushrod, and... Jesse Davis is playing very good at right guard. He had a couple of problems with Kyle Williams in this game, but so did the Dolphins' entire offensive line. Mike Pouncey continues to have his struggles. I just don't see the same player that's there anymore, and it's probably a lack of practice and keeping him in that bubble wrap throughout the course of the week and all of summer and all training camp. I just don't think he can do it anymore. The left side of the line, Larry Tunzel had his struggles at times, but he had some dominant reps where you see those feet, his quick feet that you just love. And that's why... People thought he'd be the first pick in the draft out of Ole Miss because he has fantastic feet. He's got ballet dancing feet for a left tackle, a guy with a good punch and good size too. So he'll be all right. Don't worry about him and his ups and downs this year, first year at left tackle in the NFL. So not worried about that guy. But the left guard, Ted Larson, he's got to go. He puts together another bad game on tape. Just can't get anything done. And the offensive side of the ball struggled because of the struggles at quarterback. The receivers didn't have their best games either. The interior of the offensive line didn't play its best game, and the offense suffered mainly because of the quarterback, though. But the defense, they had a rough first half, but they brought it back together. And we're going to get to that here in a second on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkler NFL, at Locked On Fins for the show. And of course, LockedOnDolphins.com. This is the film review show for the week, uh Thursday show on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We just at the offensive side of the football. We jump over to the defensive side now and talk about Indama Kinsu who was dominant yet again. He is a Pro Bowl snub. He did not get tra- or invited to the Pro Bowl this year despite being one of the most dominant interior defensive linemen there is in the entire league. There's so many plays that he has where he looks like He's playing against peewee football players where he's just tossing guys aside. There was one player where he destroys the Bills right guard and then just bumps into the running back, and the running back bounces off like he's some immovable object. Maybe he is. I mean, he's getting to that point where he just doesn't really get pushed around ever by anybody. It's it's fun to watch, and he had another dominant game. But his counterparts, or, or I should say his running mates at the other tackle spot, Two guys struggled, one guy played well. Jordan Phillips continues to have these flashes where he's playing really well, and those are getting more and more frequent where he's deep into the backfield. There's one play I had a gif of on my Twitter you can check out right now where he took Richie Incognito about three, four yards deep into the backfield, and Charles Harris comes off and beats his man too. And the, the back, I, I don't know if it was either McCoy or Cadet, I can't remember which one it was, dances around, tries to find a hole, and Charles Harris chases it down from the backside. And Charles Harris, speaking of defensive linemen and playing well, Charles Harris is starting to pick his game up and get more pressures on the quarterback. He's playing against the run very well, which I didn't think that was a strength of his back in his college career at Missouri. But he's he's getting it cranked up. You can see more and more. I have a really good feeling that guy's going to be a good player in year two. And back to the defensive tackles talking about of course, Devon Godshaw, who has been a personal favorite of mine all year. You guys know that if you're fans of the show. And Vincent Taylor, they had their struggles. Vincent Taylor had a couple of reps where he got completely whipped. He had one good rep in the game that I noticed. I think he only got about 9, 10 snaps as usual. But Devon Godshaw didn't have his best game either. So a couple of struggles in there, a couple of good performances. And Cam Wake on that missed sack on the Bills' very first drive, he's got to make that play. I know he's a legend. He's a, he's a a should be a Hall of Famer in my opinion. One of the best Dolphins of all time. Got to make that play against Tyrod Taylor that really, really killed the Dolphins on that first drive and led to a touchdown when it could have been a a punting situation, so not so good from his end. The linebackers, ugh, not very good either. Kiko Alonso continues to get picked on. Whether it's in coverage, dropping deep down the field, I'm not sure why they're doing this, but they have him dropping down with like a deep Tampa two look, where he's on the pipe with a middle linebacker back in those Tampa twos. They're not running a Tampa two, but back in the old Tampa two, you had the middle linebacker would go way back downfield like a Derek Brooks for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he would cover like a, a middle center field, and rather than using a dime back. They're having Kiko Alonso do this. I know it's, like I said, not cover two, but he's playing back at like 15, 20 yards, just getting smoked. He tried to cover Shady McCoy and the slot man up. and I know that that was something that had to happen based on the way they shifted out of the backfield and went to an empty set. But he can't do that. He was five, 10 yards off of Shady McCoy, catches a little underneath route and runs around. And luckily, Rashad Jones comes up and sticks him and makes a good tackle because Kiko Alonso is nowhere near. Very lazy on the pursuit as well. His tackling is not good. His change of direction is horrific. I, he's just not doing a whole lot. I, I think the Dolphins got to find a way to minimize his snaps next year because you're stuck on that contract. You got to find a way to minimize his snaps. And one guy that might be able to help you do that a little bit is Chase Allen, the undrafted free agent this year, the rookie. He played a pretty good game. I thought for the most part, he did a good job of getting off blocks and getting into the gaps and and making some plays. He still has a couple of reps here and there that aren't up to snuff and that's to be expected for a rookie, especially a guy that didn't even get drafted. But he's he's kind of made a little bit of an impact, and he could have a future on this football team as well. Moving back to the secondary cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, yet another good game, two catches, 16 yards on him, a sack, a tackle for loss. He was stuck to Kelvin Benjamin, could not even get free for a second. It was fun to watch. I think that Xavier Howard, I, I'm... I'm not all the way there yet because I don't want to bite on fool's gold, but I'm pretty sure this guy's going to be a heck of a player for for a number of years for the Dolphins. And the other cornerback that continues to show up, good tape. He had a missed tackle on Shady McCoy, but that happens. But Bobby McCain continues to play really good in coverage. He's just I think he's a very smart cover man. He can play well in zone as well as man. So excited to see those two guys really starting to bite this year in their young careers. And then back at safety, TJ McDonald had a rough game. He dropped that potential pick six that went right through his hands. He got beat by Charles Clay a couple of times. Couldn't really move around very well in coverage. So he has a rough game. Rashad Jones, the Dolphins lone pro bowl or lone pro bowl selection. I should say he played a pretty good game. this one. He had some nice tackles and was there in coverage as well. He got beat on one corner route in a single high look, but kind of hard to get over there for him I don't know if it was him or the cornerback but all in all secondary I thought played pretty good where the Dolphins really got beat in this game was at linebacker and against the backs and tight ends so safety struggled in that coverage as well but for the most part Dolphins secondary play as well so that's the film review from the game on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills we got the Chiefs coming up on Sunday you guys heard yesterday's podcast the Lockdown Chiefs podcast where Chris and Ryan joined me for that one we're going to get to the Dolphins short list for the draft coming up here shortly as well as a big announcement here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast Alright, so with just two games left in the season, the Dolphins figure to be maybe gearing more towards the draft, and before we get into Adam Gaze's curious comments in regards to the last two games of the year, I want to talk about... Chris Kaufman's shortlist for t- potential Dolphin draft targets in April. If you don't know Chris Kaufman, he is a well-versed Dolphins fan slash football writer. He is at CK Parrot on Twitter. You guys have probably heard me re- reference him many times in the past, but he put out a shortlist for guys that you might like in the draft for the Dolphins coming up or guys that the Dolphins might look at themselves. And his word is as good as gospel to me when it comes to the draft. He has just a very good grasp on what the Dolphins are looking for, and what certain players can do. And here is his list. So it starts with one player on offense, just one offensive player on that list, Tight end Mark Andrews out of Oklahoma. I think he's a very versatile tight end that can do a lot of good work in the passing game as well as the running game. Defensive end Cleveland Farrell from Clemson. Big fan of his. Defensive end Marcus Davenport out of the University of Texas, San Antonio. Chris has been raving about this guy, and I can see why he just explodes off that FCS tape. I know it's a lower-level competition, but fantastic-looking player there. Another defensive end, Harold Landry, who led the, who led the nation in sacks. Two years ago, comes back for another year at Boston College, has a banged up season. Not his best year, but he's also a freak of nature on the defensive end there too. Linebacker Roquan Smith from Georgia. Cornerback Josh Jackson from Iowa had a couple of pick sixes this year and has several more interceptions to go along with that. He's a heck of a player, a lengthy type of guy. And then Tavares McFadden, cornerback out of Florida State, another bigger body guy. The Dolphins love those length, those long, lengthy corners that can play press. And then safety Derwin James. So you have Mark Andrews, Cleland Farrell, Marcus Davenport, Harold Landry, Roquan Quan Smith, Josh Jackson, Tavares McFadden, and Derwin James. I like that list. I don't want to get into who I think I would take out of that list right now because we have a long way to go. But those are some really good names to keep an eye on throughout the course of bowl season. So keep an eye on those guys. And the reason we're talking draft here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast is because Adam Gaze has kind of had these—I don't want to say disparaging comments, but they're they're definitely curious comments to me about the last two games of the season. He's he's been more vocal about playoff hopes than you usually will hear coaches talk about. And the comment that Coach Gaze made, according to Armando Salgaro on Twitter, uh, one of the Dolphins' beat writers, Coach Adam Gaze said the two final games are for players to play for their jobs. And I thought that was pretty interesting because he went on to say later in the week, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, talking about how things are not quite over yet, says the players are aware that they are not eliminated from playoff contention. So I think that while he's trying to, kind of create that urgency for the fact that they have to win the last two games to even have a hope. I think he kind of knows where things are sitting right now. And that's why Jermon Bushrod goes on IR today and Julius Thomas goes on IR today as well. So the tight end on the right guard, two of Gaze's personal guys that he brought over for his own, I guess for his own history and background with those guys, he brings them over to play Right guard and tight end. Did not work out for either guy. Both were bad players. But they go on IR. And you pull up Eric Smith, who had a really good preseason before he got hurt. The right tackle. And you bring up tight end Thomas Duarte, was a 2016 I believe I want to say seventh round draft pick I could have that wrong but these guys are going to come up to the active roster and get some playing time and from the sounds of it it looks it sounds like Thomas Duarte is going to get some first team reps and actually get some action in game so that'll be fun to see if the Dolphins can use can use more of a pass catching tight end that's a little more athletic than Julius Thomas actually a lot more athletic I should say so Dolphins kind of shifting towards evaluation so that's why we talk about the draft and as we Continue to move forward here. I have one more thing for you guys today before the show is over. A big announcement on LockdownDolphins.com. I put the call out on Twitter yesterday for uh, new writers to ask or to come and send me some examples of their work and and show what they can do. And I got a bunch of feedback, and I've picked out seven guys that can all write very well. They know this team very well. So we're going to announce them here shortly. I don't have the Uh, All the details on what they're going to be doing, but we're going to expand the site. We're going to try to give you guys daily news, draft talk, free agency breakdowns, daily stuff on LockedOnDolphins.com. I cannot carry the load because I have a full-time job, and unfortunately, I can't write as much as I would like to, but I'll continue podcasting for you guys every day. I'll continue writing once or twice a week, and we'll have more guest writers coming in to write on LockedOnDolphins.com, so plenty of that. And then also my summer project or my off-season project, I should say, this year is going to be the Ryan Tannehill story. I'm going to go through every single game he's played in his career. I'm going to chart all the passes. I'm going to break down the film. I'm going to get you gifs. We're going to have a huge, huge Ryan Tannehill Encyclopedia for you guys to digest throughout the course of the summer and get excited for 2018 because when he comes back and plays at the level I know he's capable of, this team will take off in 2018. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Follow Locked On NFL on Twitter as well as the Facebook page Locked On NFL. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com Be back on Sunday night with a recap edition of the Lockdown On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.